Hey everybody, this is Jaron and welcome to the Family Ties podcast. And this is part two of our Connected Parenting Seminar uh, series of recordings. We did this seminar back, I want to say April of 2021. And it was, a, it was a great weekend. We did a Friday night and Saturday, kind of two sessions each day. Um, and it was just, it was great conversation, um, very impactful, and just um, led to a lot, a lot of good stuff because this is a difficult topic. This is probably one of those, uh, as parents, that, that causes us the most fear. And I think after that, that first session, um, that was the overwhelming feeling coming out of that. I, we talked through you know, all the stuff that can go wrong, all the dangers of technology, all the bad things that it can bring about, whether it's pornography or screen addiction or, um, you know, online predators and online bullying. And there's so many things that it, it was difficult for me, honestly, um, as I was preparing for it. And then leading through that weekend, it was difficult. That first session just felt like such fear mongering and which is not what I'm about. It's not what I like doing at all. Um, but that's just how it felt because we were just dealing with a difficult subject after difficult subject of here's all of the things that can go wrong. And it was, you know, I'm a parent. And so that, that was really hard to kind of slug through, but it honestly was, was important. Um, we, we had to do it because we have to know what we're protecting against. Um, um, but what we didn't want to do was just bring about a bunch of fear and allow us to to kind of react out of that. Because as we'll as we'll talk about in this next session, that that's not really a good place to come from. Um, fear can be healthy. Fear can be an effective motivator. But when it comes to parenting, it's not necessarily the way um, that we should motivate ourselves, and especially in dealing with technology with our kids. So. This next section, we kind of deal with all of that is what do we do? Where do I go from here? What am I supposed to be feeling? And what's the correct approach? You know, before we get into the the how-to stuff and all of the apps that you can use and the things you can download on phones and all of those kind of things, before we jump into that, it was important that we stopped and go, okay, what's the correct perspective? If, if I'm not supposed to be just fearful, what is the correct attitude and the correct perspective to come from when it comes to dealing all of the all of these things because that's how I can use those tools effectively um, and so we spent some time this is uh, session two of that first night we spent some time digging into that and just exploring what's the what's the right way to go about this and what's the wrong way to go about this and so we hope you enjoy this is session two of our connected parenting seminar All right, so, so I have a question. Coming out of that first session, that was like heavy, right? That was hard. That was not happy times. That was not good stats. So my, my question for you is, what emotions are you feeling about that? Like what were, what were your like internal responses? What emotions were the, probably the strongest for you throughout that? How, I'm just curious, how much surprise was there? I'm just curious, because some people know this stuff really well and some people have no idea. So I'm just... Like, I'm curious, were there some sense of surprise of like, you know, I knew it was bad, but whoa, right? So, so when we hear those stats, when, we, when, we, when we're faced with that reality, kind of when we see it on paper, right? When we just like, wow, there it is. Um, I, I think fear 
is one of the big ones, right? Dread, concern, disgust, like how in the world are we supposed to succeed? Um, and that's, that's a very natural response. And like, our, I think our gut reaction sometimes to go, okay, well, they just don't get any devices ever. Like that's, I'm just shielding him away from it. Like that's, that's the answer, right? Because I want to keep, like we, we want to keep our kids safe. Like that is the goal, right? Um, and so that desire to just like, you know, we're going to be Amish. We're just going to go off the grid. We're just, yep, yeah, we are, we are going there now, right? We, uh, Amish and I'm going to arrange marriages and it's just, it's, 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 I'm going to control my kid's life from A to Z. That's just, I want one, that's what I want to do, right? Control. That's, that's, that's the thing. So, so, so here's the reality though. As much as, as fear is a, a natural and a healthy response, it's actually not a good place to parent from, right? Fear is not a good motivator. And so when we're talking about the perspective, okay, how do, what perspective do I have going into this? How do, I, how do I jump into this with my kids and how do I keep them safe and what's the right perspective and, and uh, do we go off the grid? Do we just not do devices? Are we that family now? Like, like that, that is our natural instinct. That's our natural reaction because we want to keep our kids safe at all costs, right? Um, and that's exactly why we're not talking about tools yet. We're, I'm not going to provide you with a bunch of apps yet because that's, while that's a natural response, that's not a, that's not a healthy one that, that is a good place to parent from. Um, because it, it can actually cause some damage as well. And so, so let's talk about what's the right perspective. And it's not fear. Fear is a natural response, but it's not a good motivator for parenting well. So Jesus, when he is um, sending off his disciples, he says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the, in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. Right? And we get that, innocent as doves. I, we want our kids to maintain their innocence, right? We talked about that. Um, but we also have to make sure that they are wise. There's a difference between innocent and naive. And so that, that's a, a, a very fine line sometimes. So there's a quote from the book um, Thriving, uh, or Faith for Exiles that, that I mentioned this last Sunday in church. There's a quote that says, we can't simply shelter the next generation or ourselves and hope they don't come into contact with the worst the world has to offer. We have to expect it. We have to prepare for it. That's a much better place to come from. So how do we do that? So there's, there's basically... Three parenting styles of how do we go about being a parent, what, what style are we, and especially when it comes to technology. And, and the, the first parenting style is what I'm going to call the free-range method, right? It's, 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 the, it's, it's Big Daddy. It's the, you know, just, hey, what do you want for dinner? 30 packets of ketchup. All right, cool. Let's go. You know, that let's uh, just... Whatever is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you if you need me, but I'm gonna like, we're, we're gonna kind of open source this thing. So, so it's the free range method is it's permissive, it's, it's self guided, it's I don't wanna shelter you, I don't wanna hide things from you, I wanna be honest with you. So I'm gonna like let you like explore and discover, and I'm gonna be, be here for you all along the way. 
Um, and, uh, sometimes this is prompted from the idea that we want our kids to be relevant, right? We, we know that um, we, we don't want our kids to be unpopular and bullied and the, the weird kid that always gets made fun of. And so we don't want to, like, we want to be careful not to do that because that's hard. Um, so we want them to be relevant and to kind of be in the know and, and, and up with what's going on. Um, a part of, the, part of what comes with this territory, though, and this is something that I, I told you we'd talk about, um, pornography has gone from this thing that is, like, frowned upon, but, yeah, it's hair. You know, there's that, there's that adult store down the street kind of thing, too. Okay, now it's just, eh, I get it. It's boys will be boys. And it's become this good thing from, uh, from, from society standpoint. It's, it's actually seen as positive and healthy. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot that goes into this that I just do not have the time. But the, the gist of it is, is, hey, we're all sexual beings at our very core, right? Um, Freud did a great job of teaching us that. And so by, at our very core, we're sexual beings. And so that includes kids. And so that means we need to help them explore that. We need to give them the space to explore that and to, um, you know, go figure out what they want and what they like and who they like and what gender they like and what, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Because to not let them do that is seen as repressive. And therefore, pornography is a healthy way of discovering that. That is the message that has become very, very popular. And so you find this in this free-range method of parenting of, I don't want to repress my kids. I don't want to suppress them. I want them to explore themselves, and I want them to find out who they are, which is good. But if left to do that without restraint, that's not going to go well. And so that's one method of parenting. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying that's, <laughs> that's a style of parenting is the free range method. The second one is what I'm going to call the bubble wrap method. And it's the exact opposite. It is, I want to control every aspect of their lives because the, the world's a dangerous place. And so I'm going to shield them away from all of it. It is restrictive. I want to control all aspects of their life, every experience. I want to control that and make sure it's a good one and make sure it's healthy and make sure that there's no bad influences that get in. And it's this, this that desire to shelter our kids. Like to, to, uh, the, to shelter them from the big bad stuff in the world and to avoid it and just go like, I don't even want you to know that stuff exists because I want to maintain your innocence. And so we're just, we're just gonna, nope, you're never gonna see it. You're never gonna know about it because I want to maintain your childhood for as long as I can, right? Which is, again, a good instinct. But if we, if we go down this road of the bubble wrap method, we, we, we're avoiding them. Uh, we're, we're having them avoid all of that, the big bad stuff. Right? And it's that idea of like, this is not up for discussion. No, you can't have a TV in your room. We're not even going to talk about it. The answer is no. End of discussion. That's, that's the bubble wrap method where it's purely restrictive. It's I don't want you to know about it. I don't want you to see it. I want, I want to control all, every influence in your life. So I want to real quick, I want to have you kind of circle up and talk for like just two minutes. This will be quick. And this, I know that's not easy for some of you, um, but we, we, we got to keep going because I want to get you guys out of here on time tonight. Um, but for two minutes, I want you to talk about in your groups, which one of those do you think is more dangerous? 
of those two methods, I know there's a third one we haven't got to yet, but of those, of those two, of the, of the free range method, of the bubble wrap method, which one do you think is more dangerous when it comes to technology? So you got two minutes, go ahead and talk about that. The overwhelming majority of you say the bubble wrap method is actually more dangerous. Interesting. I think there are, might be some wise people in this room. So let's, let's talk about it. Um, so with the, um, there we go. For, for the free range method, this is obviously dangerous, right? We know this. They're going to get exposed to things at a really young age, and they're going to have no idea how to process that, right? They're going to they're gonna come across things because you didn't put any restrictions in place, and they're going to they're gonna find all sorts of stuff and not know what to do with it. And now that thing, whatever they saw, is their basis of comparison for anything else that they see or hear or, or hear from you or anyone else because that was the first thing they saw. And that comes to pornography, but it comes to across the board with so many things. Whatever they see first, they just, you're going to assume that's the norm. And so now everything else gets weighed against that. So they're not developed enough to process. A nine-year-old does not know what to do with pornography. They don't, they don't have a category in their mind for that. I don't know what to do with that. I just, that's going to mess them up, right? They don't know how, they don't actually have the mental capacity to process that. And so things get things become normal that absolutely shouldn't be. So we all know, like, when it comes to technology, this is not going to work, right? I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm not going to convince you because you're already convinced this is not a good method. But I don't think the bubble wrap is any better. Because one, it's not realistic. We can work so hard. We can put every protection in place. We can install millions of apps. We can take away our kids' devices and say, not until you're 18, stuff is going to get in. They're going to get exposed to things. They're going to learn about things. They're going to be taught that things are the norm that shouldn't be, no matter what we do. That's just the reality. We, we cannot do it in an airtight way. That cocoon, we cannot build a good enough cocoon to keep them safe from all of it. It's just not a reality. Because even if they don't have tech, they get on a bus for school, right? They know other kids, and those kids don't have any restrictions, right? Like, it's, it's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. And if you're putting your foot down or, or you're saying absolutely not, what you're doing is creating forbidden fruit. What do we do with forbidden fruit? We want it more now, don't we? So now I know that there's this thing that's dangerous, but people talk about it and it seems like it's good. And my mom says, no. My dad says, no, absolutely not. And so now it's mysterious because they didn't tell me why. Okay, now I'm really curious, right? And so we end up, if, 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 we, if we don't talk about it, if we completely avoid and shelter and just, nope, nope, don't go there, we're creating forbidden fruit and they're gonna want it more. And that's the opposite of what we're going for. But even if we could succeed, even if we could get 18 years and just completely keep them like pure and unstained from all of the stuff, if we could just do that, even if we could do that, it still wouldn't work because at some point they're going to turn 19. And what happens then? They will be completely unprepared for everything that they're going to face. All those Christian college kids 
in that stat that we talked about, I guarantee you a lot of them were products of the bubble wrap method. Because all of a sudden I'm 19 and 20 years old and all these restrictions that I had are gone. Oh, my, my, I only got an hour of screen time a day. Now I can stay up to four in the morning every morning and play and I don't know why I shouldn't. All the, the stuff that I heard that pornography is bad and that's all I know, but man, uh, my friends are now showing me stuff and it seems really good and it's doing all sorts of interesting things to me and so this seems desirable. Like they don't know why not if we sheltered them from all of that. And so they don't know why to put safeguards in their own life. They don't know the healthy perspectives of why they should restrain themselves and, and avoid these things and, and, and filter these things out for themselves. Because at some point, they're going to need to do that for themselves. And so avoiding the conversation does not work. Look at the stats in churches today. We're not any better than mess the world when it comes to this stuff. And I think a lot of it is so often we don't talk about it. As churches, I've said sex more tonight than you've probably heard from a church stage before. We don't talk about it. And in families, it's hard to talk about and we don't know how to talk about it and we don't know necessarily when it's okay to talk about it. And so our, our kids learn it, but not from us. And they're going to learn about it eventually. And we can delay that, but eventually they're going to find out. And if they don't have the healthy perspectives that came from us, they're not going to handle that well. And so the, the, the bubble wrap method, I don't know that it is any better than, than the free range method. So the solution, I think, is the instructive method. It's kind of a hybrid of the two, right? But the whole idea is that we focus on the long term. So I want you to think about this. Imagine your child at the age of 25 and what they're like in terms of technology, what, what perspectives they have, um, what balances they have put in their lives, what their, what their relationship with technology is, how healthy you want it to be, how very little they're on social media because they don't want that influence in their life and they're out like actually in the world and living in the world and engaging in relationships. So they, they steer clear of pornography. Like imagine all, the dream scenario of for what they're gonna be like at age 25. That's the goal. We work backwards from there. That's what we want to get them to. Not, not naive, not avoiding it, but educating them so that by the age of 25, this, these are the perspectives and the realities of how they live and what they do for themselves and what they put in place in their own lives. That's the goal. And so we work backwards from that. So obviously we're going to block and filter some stuff, right? We're not going to free range it. We're going to put stuff on their phones or we're not going to give them phones yet. Um, there's going to be restrictions and filters in place because there's stuff that, that, that they, we never want them to experience. We, there's stuff that, you know, no, you, this should never be a part of your life. And then there's some things where it's like, you know, one day it's probably okay, but you're not ready for it now. And so we're going to hold off. We're going to filter that out. We're going to block that out for now. So there's obviously that, that part of it. But the other half of it, the big half of it is educate, educate, educate. We have to talk with our kids a lot. We have to put restrictions in place, and then we have to tell them why. We have to sit them down and explain why we're putting this restriction in place. 
what's at stake. They need to understand. They need to not only have balance in their lives, but it needs to be an informed balance. They're, they need to have an informed balance for why these things are in place, why my parents did this, why my parents don't let me do that. The because I said so is not going to work. It doesn't work. We need to actually educate them on why this stuff matters. We need to connect the dots for them. So when they're dealing with anxiety, when they're stressed out and they're short with people and they're beating on their sister or their brother or whatever because they're, 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 they're overly anxious and they've got anger going on, connect the dots for them and say, hey, you notice how you've played a lot of screen time lately? This makes, that makes this easier. That's why I put restrictions in place. That's why we don't want you to play all the time because we know it's not good for you. And here, you're experiencing the effects of it now. So we help them connect the dots. They might disagree with us, but at least they know what we're talking about. They start to, they start to put the pieces together. I'm putting this thing on your phone. Here's why. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you no. You're not going to have a TV in your room. And here's why. Here's what's at stake. And it needs to be detailed. If the average 11-year-old has already seen pornography, we need to start earlier than that. We need to explain the details. My, my oldest, my 14-year-old, he knows the brain chemistry of what's going on. We've had those conversations. That he understands that, that sex is beautiful and God designed us for sex. And he, he like, not, not in the specific terms that we talked about, but he knows the details of, like, this is, this is how God created it, to bond with our wives and all that kind of stuff. And it's amazing. And guess what? It's, it's pretty fun. I get it. But you have to wait because you can ruin it because of the, and this is what pornography does. Like, he knows all that. We've had those conversations, multiple conversations. He knows the details. He gets it. I know it's going to be difficult for him. I know his hormones are going to go nuts over the next couple of years. And so I also want that in the mix of him going, but I know. But I know. We have to do that. We have to do that in an age-appropriate way, obviously. But we got to start young. Eight is not too young. Because, well, 15, 17% of, of nine-year-olds have already seen something. So we need to start young, and we have to do it in an age-appropriate way. We have to do it, I mean, obviously not to as much detail, but by the time they're 14, 15 years old, pretty much the detail, because they're there. They're, they're getting it anyway. They're hearing about it anyway. A big thing for me is timing. Um, I need, I'm going to tell my kids stuff. I'm going to educate them on things before they experience it, before it hits them, because I want the first thing to come from me. And this doesn't just apply to like pornography and technology and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like that's how I do like the sex talk with my kids. Um, it's, a, it's multiple talks. It's not just one. But my, my kind of style is I'm going to tell you about something before it's going to happen to you. Yeah, your body's about to do some weird stuff, man. Uh, it's not yet. It's going to. And I don't want you to feel like a freak when it does. So here's what's going on when that happens. And you're, all of a sudden, you're going to feel different about girls. <laughs> and attractive girls are going to do something to you mentally that has never happened to you before, and it's going to feel weird and good. Here's what's going on. And I know that sounds weird now because girls are gross, right? But trust me, one day, right? I have these conversations with them before it happens so that when it happens, guess who they come talk to? Me. Oh, 
dad actually knows what he's talking about. He told me about this already. I don't feel like a freak. I guess this is normal. I'm going to go talk to the person that already told me about this. So for me, the big thing is telling them, educating them about things before they deal with it, before they're faced with it, before they're in the heat of it. Even if they don't fully understand, even if, hey, girls are gross, I don't even, like, whatever, I'm going to still tell them about, hey, there's stuff on the internet um, for people that don't think it's gross. And sometimes, someday that's going to be you, and you need to steer clear, and here's why. Like, I find a way to put it in their terms in an age-appropriate way before they're faced with it. Because the reality is they're, they're facing it way earlier than we think anyway. Um, so timing is a big, big thing for me. Another quote from that book is, we must carefully and intentionally develop resilience that is in but not of the world. Making resilient disciples does not mean protecting young Christians, but preparing them for life on mission. That's the goal, right? I don't want my kids to be naive. I want my kids to be wise, shrewd. I want them to get it and to know what's going on and be geared up for battle and innocent as doves. That's what I'm going for. And I, we, that's not going to happen if we don't educate them like crazy. And I'm talking a lot of continued, ongoing conversations. A lot of, hey, we're watching this episode and that guy was talking about sex like it was no big deal. Let's talk about that because that seems pretty normal, right? You see that a lot on TV, right? Well, let's talk about that because that's, you, that's not true, right? And here's what it's presenting to you. Here's the, here's the normal that's being presented to you that I need you to see that it's not okay. I got to connect those dots for them. I need, I need to help them develop that, that skill set and to, to understand that this is a battle that they need to wage with me, that I need to wage with them, because too often it feels like against, right? It's they, they, they want to find stuff, they want more, they want, they want more screen time, they want to find it, and I'm trying to stop them, and instead it needs to be us working together as much as, as, as we can um, with our teams. So with that being said, we're going to break back into groups. We got about um, 20 minutes before this whole thing shut down for the night. And so I want, for about 10 minutes, I want you to just go and talk. I want to put a couple more questions on the screen and we'll talk about this together. And then we'll come back and kind of wrap up and I'll tell you what, what to expect for tomorrow. And then we'll be out of here. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Family Ties podcast. You know, when it comes to technology, um, like we talked about in the episode, that fear can be such a motivator. And we, our natural re reaction as parents is to want to protect our kids, to keep our kids safe, to protect their innocence. Um, and so, so often that, that means that we, we want to shelter them away from everything. But as we talked about, that is not, um, that's not going to lead to good outcomes. Ultimately, our kids are going to grow up. They're going to become adults. And it's important that at that point, they know how to handle this stuff, what the correct attitude is, why these dangers are real and how and why they should avoid them. Um, not only what they need to put in place for themselves, but why it's so important. And so we as parents, obviously we need to protect our kids, but we need to educate them. We need to have an ongoing conversation. We've talked about on this podcast before about how important it is to have good open dialogue with our kids. And this is 
this is where one of these areas where this comes into play that we need to have an ongoing conversation with our kids about about all of this kind of stuff and it's this is not a one and done conversation this is ongoing and so um, we need them to be honest we need them to be real and we need to be real with them we need to be honest about some of the stuff that's out there we need to be able to have some of these candid conversations and that happens so much better when we have we're kind of in good standing with our kids and they are with us that we have a healthy um, open dialogue that just kind of by default um, it makes a lot of this so much easier so thank you so much for listening on the, ne- the next episode we're going to get much more practical we're going to dig in and talk about okay what are some things that we need to put in place in our households in our families at our homes what are some what are some ground rules um, we're going to have kind of some good some good fodder for conversation uh, with your families around this about what what's right for you and what the what the healthy balance is and, and what the right things are to put in place. Um, so we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening.